Celtics Talk Podcast is presented by 24autogroup.com, 11 locations across New England. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. Welcome in to another episode of the Celtics Talk Podcast, the post-game pod coming to you after the Celtics fall to the Denver Nuggets, 123-111, out at Ball Arena. Not the way you want to start 2023, but... Denver shoots the lights out of the balls. Jokic goes for a triple-double, and a bent rim made us all uh, very, very angry. Coming up on the pod, Eddie, Amina, Scal, Perk. They break down the stars here in this one, including Jokic, getting some flowers for his big night in an MVP matchup with Jason Tatum. We talk about what the Celtics need to do. Maybe maybe tinkering with that starting lineup a little bit. You know, we've talked about that here on the pod. Maybe, maybe it's time to... To, to go full Rob Williams here. Uh, and you'll hear a little bit from Joe Mazzulla about that that bent rim, which, uh, again, put a nice little speed bump in a game when uh, people were already kind of dragging because of uh, the holiday and uh, all the festivities the night before ushering in this new season. But I want to start here. I think the biggest thing for me coming away from this game is that the Celtics do have a, a, a propensity at times to get discouraged based on the way they're shooting the ball. And I thought Tatum, of all people, you know, who sometimes tries to shoot his way out of, a, uh, out of a funk, I thought he was really good getting aggressive after his first few shots didn't fall. But, you know, the Jays end up getting some of their points. I think they paired up for 55 points, but they really didn't get much help from the supporting cast. Just felt like guys were off a little bit. So whether that was the trip out west, the altitude, the festivities the night before, which Jalen Brown would fully admit it's, and you'll hear him say it coming up, uh, is is part of the package when you're you're playing on January 1st in Denver. Uh, and, and so whatever the confluence of it was, uh, it the Celtics just were not crisp, and Marcus Smart in particular. So like, look, I, I hate going going hard after guys when they've been very good for long stretches. I think Marcus has been as good as anyone on Boston's little winning streak and getting them back on track with the way he's played. Uh, just didn't have it tonight. You know, 2 for 12, I think it was, overall from the floor. Uh, missed a couple bunnies at the rim. Was late getting back on defense in, in some instances. And so, hey, you know, you're going to have nights like that. But when you couple that with Malcolm Brogdon having a bad night and no one really giving you a spark off the bench, uh, besides maybe Rob, and again, I'm kind of biased when it comes to that, uh, it, it just felt like it, it added up where the Celtics just, just didn't have a chance. And now, again, Throw some love to the Denver Nuggets, who were ridiculous shooting the ball. They hit a, a lot of, like, not only, not only did they hit some good open looks from three-point land, but they hit some ridiculous coming off of screens and pulling up from 27 feet type threes. I think Bones Highland had one in the first half that seems to stick in my memory. Uh, so, you know, on some nights like that, you got to tip your cap. Uh, I do think that Denver came out a little bit more motivated. But without Jamal Murray out there, a little disappointing that the Celtics didn't show better, especially when you consider a showdown of two teams at the top of their conferences. You know, the the rim thing was just ridiculous, and and I don't want to linger on it because you already wasted enough time uh, thinking about it. But you know what? I'm going to let Joe Missoula talk about it a little bit. Here's here's Joe on the rim. What was it like during the delay? Were they telling you what was going on? Did you have an idea? Yeah, the rim was quicker. And then they told us if it got to a certain amount of time, there would be a like re warm up period. And so, um, I guess once it got to the time, they just asked us like how many minutes that we thought we needed. Did you feel like 
needed time? I mean, like, what were you thinking during that whole time? Uh, just more the safety of the guys. I didn't really, you know, I was asking just our staff, you know, what the what you do in a situation like that as far as making sure the guys are still healthy and still want to go out there and compete. I think it was a 13-point game or something like that with six to go. So he's, but I also wanted to make sure we put our guys in the right position. So uh, all the players got asked about it. I think it, it, it just sort of takes a, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a story. I get it. Cause it, the game was super delayed and people had no idea what to do and they had to rewarm up and it was a, it was a big deal and poor Grandy and scale having to vamp through, uh, all that time. So, uh, but in the, uh, in the end, it didn't really affect the game other than, I mean, Rob is amazing that he can bend the rim with a powerful slam. The closest thing to Shaq we've seen in ages. Also, the other thing is, like, every NBA arena has extra hoops on on standby in case something crazy happens, and they should have just wheeled the thing out when that first one wasn't working. I can't imagine unscrewing the rim 13 times or whatever they did uh, was was quicker than just replacing the whole hoop. But that's a story for another day. That poor kid uh, probably showed up to work today, hung over, just wanted to get through the day, and, uh, yeah, wasn't, wasn't probably ready for a catastrophe with the rim and uh, 19,000 people staring at him wondering when this game was going to get going again. Just, you're going to hear us talking post-game about the lineup. And again, I don't want to, I've said again a, a thousand times here because we're, we're talking about a lot of the same topics when the Celtics lose games. I don't want to overreact to a loss to a very good team. And again, with, with the um, a, a amount of uh, variables that go into it. And yet, I am left eager to see that lineup. Like every game that Rob is healthy... And to see him not even get to 20 minutes tonight is a, is a little befuddling. So uh, I get it. It's a little difficult. That you, you, do, you don't want to – you want to be able to alternate Al and Rob as much as possible to eat up those center minutes on a team thin on depth. And yet I want to see that lineup. I want to see this team get back to being defensively the the to the most of its potential. And while the Derek White lineup has been very good, it is a little bit undersized. It Probably wasn't the right lineup to start with against Denver, and we saw Joe try to correct that at halftime by throwing Grant out there with the starting group to to add some more size and another defender that could take on Jokic because like Derek White had a few switches very early on, and and I mean Jokic is just going to overpower you in that instance. It's why he's in the MVP conversation. It's why he's won two of them. So um, he, I would have liked to have seen what what Rob and Al could have done together out there. I don't know if it would have made a difference. Like maybe if Denver's knocking down shots and and you're you're allowing them to space the floor even more with two bigs out there, it maybe maybe you just got no chance. But uh, I know Rob flying around and even contesting three pointers uh, is is still can put some pressure on an offense. And uh, you know I, I'm I'm eager to see it. I wonder when what the the point is where where Joe just leans heavier into it. Uh, the numbers haven't been great, but I do think they can get there if they eventually desire. Uh, let's hear a little bit more from the rest of our post-game show to get you to the finish line of, uh, and, and I get it. Like if you made it this far, I just want to thank you because, uh, not only was the game delayed and, and, and thus delaying this podcast, but I mean, it's the holidays, busy week. You guys were probably out on New Year's Eve too. And, and you're, you might be dragging a little bit, even on January 2nd, as you're listening to this. So, uh, appreciate y'all hanging in there. Here's more from our post-game show. 
Eddie House, Kendrick Perkins, Amina Smith here with you. And after a 40-minute delay in the fourth quarter, the Denver Nuggets, they beat the Celtics 123-109. to And, guys, I feel like the flow of the game changed in that fourth quarter. Things were going for the Celtics trying to get back in this game. Eddie, how did that delay just really alter just the feeling of this matchup? Well, you, you know what? It, it kind of did a little bit. But, really, I think that Denver – just dictated everything tonight. They dictated how they wanted to play. They forced the Celtics to play their type of game. And Jokic just had his way. I mean, it's the reason why he's a two-time MVP, but he had his way. I don't think that we attacked him enough. But at the same time, I, I feel like we in the second half, we did start getting into the paint a little bit more. We settled for too many threes. I think we got we, – we started feeling like the three is – that. that's the type of team we are. We are not the Splash Brothers. We are not Steph. We don't have Cleo. We don't have that. We do have serviceable guys and guys that can make threes. But we got to play a different way. And, and when we not making threes, find other ways to get easy baskets. I, we get caught into that. But uh, we, we had our opportunities. But I, you got to tip your cap off to Denver. Denver played a, a way better game tonight. They had a great game plan. Perk, where was this game lost for the Celtics? Before the game started, and 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 I'm saying that respectfully, and not no, I'm not trying to even be funny. I'm I'm serious because coming into tonight's game, Denver had already won six out of their last seven, and the loss that they had was a one point loss against Sacramento on a back to back in Sacramento, and so this team had already been playing exceptionally well. Jokic had been balling, you know, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, Caldwell Pope, and I think again. We know about the others. I don't think the Celtics put enough emphasis on the others. Yes, Jokic, we already know. He's one of the best players in the world. Caldwell Pope, he brings that championship experience. And to me, the Celtics was not ready from the start of the game. They just wasn't ready. It seemed like, in my opinion, that the Denver Nuggets had more to prove in this game than the Boston Celtics. Like, they came out saying that we have something to prove to the world by beating the best team in the world, in my opinion, in the Boston Celtics. And they came out and they showed it tonight. Yeah, this was the first time that the Nuggets, they beat the Celtics since 2019. And Nikola Jokic, he led the way. This was his ninth triple-double of the season. Eddie, just how was the Joker able to just have his way, especially in the paint tonight? I just think that just the way he plays, you know, he's, it's different. When you watch him play, right, he does all the things, you know, passing because he's a great passer. So we know that he's going to make the right play. I just like the way that Mike Malone does stuff to put him in position. They run big-to-big pick-and-rolls, and sometimes he's a pick setter, and sometimes he's the guy coming off of that pick. And so nobody really sees that. There's not a team out there that runs that consistently like the Denver the Denver Nuggets do. And when they run those plays, it puts your guys in different situations. We see what uh, Joe Mazzulla tried to do. He tried to combat that because, you know, we like to switch a lot. And we were getting switched off. And we have Derek White down there guarding a uh, big Jokic. So he tried to put Grant Williams in. And it still didn't work because you're not used to covering covering uh having those coverages in, in, in your repertoire which you need to get used to that especially if you are so whoever was on scout tonight they got to figure that out next time they play the Denver Nuggets but at the same time my thing is this when Jokic is out there on the court you have to really just man up and try to guard him and really focus on everybody else keep everybody else in front of you don't get caught ball watching because they will cut and he's a great passer and we've seen that again tonight
Let's bring in Scal, who's live out there in Denver right now. And Scal, we're talking about the Joker, able to rebound, get points in the paint, but also is a playmaker out there on the court for the Denver Nuggets. What did you see out of the MVP candidate in this matchup? Everything you throw at him, he has an answer for. If you want to switch, you'll have an answer for that. He could go big on the perimeter. He could take a small to the block. His passing's on point. Everyone cuts off of him. They run motion to get him going off the cuts. It's just, he just makes the right basketball play. And because he touches the ball over 100 times a game, that usually works out for the Nuggets. And Scal, you are out there for that 40-minute delay and trying to fill uh, the time in the broadcast. Kudos to you because I don't know how you could have done it. I don't think I could have done it out there. But just tell me how the flow of the game changed once that 40-minute delay hit in the, in the fourth quarter. I mean, we made our run. We were still down 13. I think, I think uh, it would have been different if we walked down a lead from 13 to 6 and then the delay happened. But, you know, I, we didn't have it today. We, we weren't making shots today. We moved the ball. We got open shots. We weren't making shots. So when you got Nikola Jokic doing what he's doing offensively and you're missing shots, you're not going to win games on the road like that. And I don't know why our shooting has been off. I thought today we moved it well. I thought we made great decisions. But ultimately, in this league, you've got to make shots. And Denver today made them. And, and, and with us missing, you're not going to you're not going to probably come out victorious. Perk, I know you said at the beginning of the show that the Celtics, they lost this matchup before they even came into this matchup against the Denver Nuggets. However, as a player, how does a delay like that in this game with 40 minutes, how does that take you out of the matchup mentally? I don't know. I thought it was going to actually work out in the Celtics' favor. You know, playing in that altitude is no joke. I thought they probably needed it to get hydrated, you know what I'm saying, get some water in their system. But it, it could have affected the Denver Nuggets as well. It was two sides that were, you know, sitting on the side for an extended period of time due to this delay. But it's part of it, you know what I mean? Like, that just that's just your mentality. Denver still had to go out there and close the game out. Um, and so, you know, no excuses. But, but, I mean, and let me say this to E-House and Scal and to yourself. Mm. When I look at Jokic, okay, and I watch him, I've been very, very disrespectful in a way of not acknowledging his greatness over the last two years. But he is the most skilled big to ever touch the damn basketball, to ever play in the NBA. When it comes down to the complete package offensively, when it comes down to not having a flaw, offensively. Forget jumping. We're talking about a guy that can't even do a damn calf raise, let alone explode off the, uh, the damn floor. His whole game is predicated on skill. He's the best passing big that we've ever seen. And so it's hard to go out there and say, man the hell up. Or it's hard to say, lock in and somebody just got to do their job. No, you just can't do your job. It's a reason he's a two-time MVP. It's a reason that he might win his third in a row. He's just that special. I, I, I mean, agree. You know, what, you, know what, you know what he's doing? Hmm. Go ahead, Scal. Perk giving all the love to the whack body. Perk thinks if he could redo his career, he could be a <laughs> whack body MVP. <laughs> You can't shoot that fadeaway. You can't shoot that fadeaway like that. You can't drop dimes like that, Perk. <laughs> and all three of us on here, we we all need to be very, very appreciative of him representing no for the team whack you better stop that, man. Stop the you you're the only two on the whack body squad. But really though, with, with Jokic though, I, I think this, like, 
the way he he is a very skilled passer, a very skilled basketball player, highly skilled. And I think more so than his skill set, I think his IQ is off the wall. You know, it's off the charts, excuse me. And that, and that, to me, is what separates him from every. You don't have to be the most athletic. He just outsmarts everybody. He understands. He watches. To let, well, the way he plays uh, lets me know that he's a film watcher, that he studies a game, that he's a student of the game. Because, like you said, Scal, there's nothing you could throw at him that he's not ready for. And most people that win, they don't not a student of the game, and they rely on talent and just ability by themselves. They could get caught off guard, and you'd be like, oh, they need to work on certain things. There's nothing that these got that, that you could throw at him that he's not ready for double team wise. Now, you know, one on one, he still goes against his money and all that. But at the end of the day, he's a student of the game. We can't knock him for anything he's doing. And I think he's a phenomenal basketball player. And if he is, he can be win. He can win three straight if they are the number one team in the West. Does did the delay have any effect on you? What? Have you ever seen anything like that, or, or you know, been through anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a weird game, um, for sure, and the delay was longer than I thought it would be. Um, then that definitely kind of kicked our momentum a little bit. We was trying to get it going, but you gotta give credit to Denver. I mean, they came out and played well. They second to play well. They just played well throughout the whole game. Um, so you got to give credit to Denver, but definitely probably one of the more weird games in my career. Joe said you guys weren't able to take anything away from them. Um, what went long on the defensive side of the court that kind of led in that? I don't think anything went particularly wrong. More, I just think they just made a lot of shots. They shot like over 50% from three, I think. Committed to from three, 56%. Like... You know, a lot of those are shots that we wanted to live with. And Bruce Brown, you know, four from six from three. Balls, he had some uh, some tough shots. As well, they just shot the, the hell out of the ball. 17 for 30 from three is, you know, that's an anomaly. So, uh, give credit to them. You ever been through anything like that? The 40 minute delay, Rob bending the rim. Um, and did you notice? I don't know if you were on the floor after Rob's alley. Did you notice the rim was kind of crooked? Uh, no, first time I ever been through something like that. And uh, I, no, I was uh, I was out of the game. And I just remember subbing in and they told us that the rim was crooked. We had to wait. So uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't notice it because I was on the bench. What happened? It seemed like they just got off to a good start. All their guys got comfortable. How do you guys kind of contain that when seems like three or four guys are getting comfortable and you guys are, are playing catch up the whole night. Yeah, you know, they uh, give up credit. They shot the ball really well, um, you know, and transition and some miscommunication in the half court. You know, we gave them some, some open looks and then, you know, they really started to feel good about themselves. Um, and I feel like we generated some good looks uh, in the first half. Um, you know, we just kind of really struggled shooting the ball tonight. And, uh, you know, they had, they they really shot it well, and obviously you know, you know Bruce Brown had some shots, balls there, and, and, and you know, uh, all those guys in the Yopis played you know extremely well. So, um, yeah, I mean you gotta give them credit; they, they played a big game. What did did you do during the delay? Did you have to do to stay warm? And um, I mean, how did that change? Because you guys had started to get the momentum there. 
Uh, it was just weird. You know, didn't, I don't know exactly how long we waited, but nobody probably expected it to be that long. Uh, and I mean, we got two and a half, three minutes to warm up um, before we started, but, uh, you know, I really got afraid. It was just kind of weird. It was just a weird um, situation. At that point, you guys are down. Are you just saying, hey, man, I ain't trying to get hurt here? Like, when you, when they only give you three minutes to warm up after a 37 minute delay, what are you telling yourself? Because you got to, I mean, you want to last seat, you don't want to pull a hammy, or what do you, are you just trying to say, hey, I'm just trying to get out of here safe? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that definitely crossed my mind. You still, you know, try to win a game. You just sat for 37 minutes. Uh, and again, I, I, it was just weird. Like, you know, I never been through anything like that. I'll, you know, it, it wasn't like they could tell us how long we had to wait because nobody knew. Uh, you know, so it was just kind of, we were just all waiting and, and you know, sitting there and, uh, until he got back to playing. Last year, you guys didn't really need to score a lot to win games. You could rely on your defense. Uh, do you still have that, like, defensive basketball to reach back for when you need it? Um, like, do you need to focus more on that end when the shots are falling? How do you kind of turn some of these bad shooting nights into it? Yeah, I think uh, that's just kind of like the simpleness, right? You know, shooting the ball well. Um, and, you know, human nature kind of lets that affect the defensive end. And, you know, they're really good teams. Um, can counter that. Um, just figure out a way to win. And, you know, 26 and 11, so more often than not, we had, uh, you know, but tonight just wasn't our night. Let that rim thing not distract from the real issue here, which was that the Celtics didn't make any three pointers and got frustrated. And it seemed to seep in on the defensive end. And couple that with the fact that the Denver Nuggets could not miss. And they, they hit some ridiculous threes along the way, and it just felt like the Celtics were not going to recover from that. And the other thing here, can we ban games on January 1st? Please. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, like, no one wants to play basketball on January 1st. No one wants to sit here and talk about basketball on January 1st. But here we go. And poor Rim Guy, he probably showed up hungover, just wants to, like, get through the day. Like, he's just like, I'm trying to hoop. do this. He's like, I'm trying to figure out the level on this hoop and everything. Hey, look, everybody's having a hard time. And, and everyone, <laughs> everyone except the Nuggets who hit every three-pointer possible. So I don't know. You know, you go through nights like this. I'm not going to overreact too much. I would have liked to see Rob Williams play more minutes, maybe go with the double big earlier. But we can nitpick when you don't find a way to win the game. The uh, Denver Nuggets, they had it 17 of 30 from beyond the arc. That was the highest three-point percentage game against the Celtics since 2017. Perk, I mean, what did the Nuggets have going for them that allowed them to just have their way from beyond the arc? I mean, the energy level. I mean, it, like I said, I mean, I told, I said this earlier, it just seemed like that they were ready. Like, they had something to prove. And you, you know, I think the Denver Nuggets, the Celtics have to realize this. Again, we talk about all the teams, all the players. They watch television. They, they read the newspaper articles. And they hear us crowning the Celtics, you know, as the favorite and the best team in the league. And they may have heard John Moran's statements and everything in the book. And so they're waiting on them to come in. And I understand that they didn't win the championship and win it all but they actually went to the finals and then they actually got off to a hot start and they have the best record in the league. Teams are going to be waiting on you. So you got to know night in and night out, especially when you're on the road, no matter if it's New Year's Day, no matter if it's Cinco de Mayo, no matter if it's July the 4th, teams are going to be ready to hoop. 
Period. Well, I, I think this when I look at it, right, our two stars showed up. You got 25 and 30. Well, we're looking at guys that need to – it's about the others. We talked about that, the others. And I was talking about stopping the others for Denver, and they had four players in double figures, right? The others scored for them, and our others didn't really score. You had Malcolm Brogdon, one for six, 0 for three from the field. Marcus Smart, two for 12, 0 for four. So they combined for three of 18, 0, 0 for seven, and only eight points. Now, when you get that – I mean, it's going to be tough to win when you ain't getting no help from nobody else and you relying on two guys to do the most, the dirty work. It's, it's, it's going to be hard to win games. And, you know, you can chalk it up as one of those nights. As, I don't know if they was kicking it in Denver or not. If they was, cool, it's over with. But at the same time, they got to understand, like Perk said, night in and night out, it don't matter if you're playing the best team or the worst team, you're going to get that team's best because what everybody is saying and you need to embrace that. You need to want that and be like, why they think they coming in here thinking this is sweet. We think y'all sweet on the, on the back end. <laughs> we think y'all sweet and we finna come in here, Molly wop y'all and get about our business. You know, we, we used to talk about, we about to just, uh, we, we got to tear the village up, right? We, we burning the village down when we come through and we tear and taking everything with it. You know, we rummaging through everything. That was our mindset. That's how we felt about everything. And I think, that's where they got to start getting. They say, I just start getting that mindset of understanding that people are coming to get them, but they got to flip that and let everybody know that they coming to actually get them, whoever's trying to get them, yeah. if that makes sense. And also, let me add this. Let me add this real to you, Chris. You're going to love it. It's time to implement Robert Williams mm -hmm. into this one. Mm -hmm. I will say that. And I know I was one, the one or two a couple of nights ago saying take it slow with him, but I think it's time for them to start setting the tone and setting their lineup and say, we're going back with this big package. Big Al Horford, Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and fit, and let the other guys adjust to their roles of coming in on the bench. It's time to start rocking.